You are listening to a broadcast of Dublin First Baptist Church, Pastor Cameron McGill in Dublin, North Carolina. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist Church and the Lake Church to hear from God's Word. Does everybody have an outline? If you don't have one, raise your hand because we've got a couple guys up at the front that wants everybody to have one. This is going to help you follow along. So if the ones that have their hands up, make sure that they can get those and uh, use this as, as a study guide maybe throughout the week and something that you can grab hold of. I'll take a few up in the choir. And then there's something. Hold your hands up again because they're waiting. Just pass those around. Oh my goodness, all of you. Mm. Now choir, they'll be able to see if you're writing and taking notes. But they won't know if you're doodling or other things. So just maybe if you look like you're... Anyway, there's a story behind it. I'll, I'll share that later. Um, but it's, it's important to be able... It's important to me as a, as a minister of the gospel, as a Christian, to, to do what I can for myself to grab hold of the truths that's found in God's Word. Um, and, and for me, it helps to, to take some notes and write some of those things down. To me, as a minister of the gospel, trying to, to proclaim the truth to the congregation that, that has an opportunity to hear, um, I, I want you to keep your focus. I, it's so important, like it, today, beyond all days, um, it's important that we as the family of Christ come together and understand what it means to be a family of the Lord, uh, to work with Him, to be a kingdom of God so that we can share His uh, love and His light uh, throughout those that are so desperately looking for something and they're looking in all the different places and wrong places and we have the opportunity to send them. So I encourage you to take that study guide, follow along. I, I hope that I'll be able to hit the points to, to get those filled in for you today. But two questions you see, one is filled in, one is not. The first question is how many of you are where you know you need to be in your Christian walk? How many of you are you, do you know and believe that you're at the place you need to be in your Christian walk? Paul tells us that he himself was not even in that place. Paul said, I have not yet reached that goal, but I'm striving for that goal. I'm reaching for that goal that I've been called heavenward to in Christ Jesus. So I'm striving, I'm looking, I'm working for that. Paul had said, I have not yet arrived. If Paul, the apostle, has not yet arrived, then David Foster has not yet arrived. You can insert your name there. But the second question. We realize we have not yet arrived. Second question, are you heading in the right direction? Are you heading in the right direction? I want you to take your Bible and turn to Psalm 119. We're going to look at verses 97 through 105. That's just kind of our, our key verse to, to get things started as we look to God's Word for guidance and truth. Um, but as you're turning to that, I'll have you stand in a moment when we read. I want to ask you, have you ever been lost? You ever been lost? To, to where you really would admit that I don't know where I am. I, I, I'm so disoriented. I'm so twisted and turned around. I, I've lost my way. I, I, I don't even know what direction I'm supposed to be going in. It, it's easier to get lost on a hike than you think it is. I know Cameron and I just a, a couple weeks ago were out walking, um, looking at some of the bike trails, walking around the Jones Park. No, it was um, the, the Brown Trail up uh, in Elizabethtown. And we had to be back at 11.30 for lunch, and 11.30 came and went, and we couldn't find our way. And it's a small little place. But there are many things that can, can get us disoriented. 
sometimes some element of, of the weather may come in. You may have patchy fog that comes in and kind of clouds things and you can't see and you're not able to, to see the direction well. Or maybe that you, you see a path that you believe is a trail, but actually it's just not a trail. It's just a path and it leads to nowhere. And then you, before you know it, you've kind of lost your bearings. Or, or maybe it's an outdated guidebook. You're trusting in something that, that maybe 10 years ago was working, but things have changed and you're, you're trying to find your way and you can't find your way because your reference material is, is no good. Or, or maybe you're just involved in great conversation. You're just in, in some deep conversation, having a good time, and you're walking and talking, and you, you're not really paying attention to where you're going. And, and I think that's often the reason that, that I get lost is I'm not paying attention. And, and when I don't pay attention... It's easy to miss landmarks or signs or directions. And then before long, I have to turn around and go back the other way. So there are many reasons, and, many, and it's easy for us to get lost, much easier than we think we would. So I want us to look at some truths today that, that help us get our heading right and help us understand um, that in our Christian walk, there are some, th some things that we need to apply in everything that we do in order for us to be on the right path and stand on that right path. So... Psalm 119, 97 through 105. Would you stand as I read? Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than all my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged. For I kept, have kept your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, clarity. Therefore I hate every false way. Verse 105, a verse that many of you know and have memorized. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Dear God, we pray that you help us to open up our minds and hearts to you today, Lord, to, to understand some truths about fellowship, about direction, about how easy it is to get disoriented, mostly because we have stopped paying attention. And teach us, Lord, how to find our way and how to keep our way. Thank you for that promise. And thank you for that work in our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So we're going to look at some truths today. And we're going to go through some different scriptures uh, back and forth. But that one verse, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God guides us. His desire is for us to be at the place He wants us to be. Do you believe God has a place that He wants you to be? Right now? Tomorrow? Next month? Five years? Ten years? Ultimately heaven. God has a place, no matter where you are or who you are, He has a place that He wants you to be. And God's greatest desire is for you to follow Him to that place as He leads. So the first truth we want to look at is that we all can lose our heading. We all can lose our heading. We all can get disoriented in the direction that we're walking, sometimes to the point that we don't even realize 
that were lost. More about that in a moment. But I, I googled the question, what if I get lost? And it came up with several sites that I could check out. So I chose the first one. And the very first site that I chose had this as the very first guideline when I get lost. Quote, the easiest thing to do is not to get lost in the first place. <laughs> now, now, do I need to go to a website to tell me that? Yes, because we don't pay attention enough. And before we know it, we're lost. Now, no one that's getting ready to go on a trip or to hike a trail that may be unfamiliar wakes up that morning and says, you know what, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to get lost. You don't have to plan on it, but oftentimes it happens. So we can understand the truth that, that we will lose our heading as we go through life. The second advice that that website gave was that you need to carry navigational gear with you. Now, if you're going out on a trail or a hike and you're in unfamiliar territory, what navigational gear do you think is necessary? One would be what? A, a compass, okay, and a, and a map, okay? It, it said on that website, not to use your phone as a direction, as a GPS, because it's often wrong. So it actually said, leave your phone aside. Take it with you when you get lost and you can't find your way. And in your last uh, opportunity is to call somebody if you have a signal. But, but it talked about taking a map and a compass. Because those are the navigational gear that you need to help you not get lost but also, if you do find yourself disoriented, you will have that map and that compass to use as a guide. And that's true in our spiritual life as well. That's true in our Christian walk. We have navigational gear that's available to us. But, but I've observed that in our, in our Christian walk, many of us do not know how to use the navigational gear that God has provided for us. If we know how to use it, we don't refer to it often enough and we don't listen very well. And I think our culture is getting to be the kind of culture and it's not just outside the church, it's also inside the church. We don't listen and follow the navigational gear that God's given us to help us not get lost or disoriented, but also we don't know how to use it when, we, when we're off that we get back on track. What I see happening more and more in our churches across our county, across our state, and across our nation is what we see in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. That verse says, We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. That's our problem. There's a problem in the church of Jesus Christ that we have turned to our own way. We are no longer using His navigational gear to guide us and lead us to the place He wants us to be. We are deciding where we want to be. And we're going our own way. Before we can get back on track, before we can get our heading right, before we can get reoriented to the things of Christ, we have to recognize the fact that we're lost. 
that, that we're, we're disoriented, we're confused, we're off track, we have lost our heading. When you're out in the woods and you're walking, I, I, I know the tendency is, well, I'm just going to keep going in this direction and eventually I'll come up to, on something that I recognize. And, and you fail to take out your navigational gear because you want to find your own way. And surely I'll find it soon. And you keep walking and the more you, farther you walk, the deeper you get into a situation that you're lost. And then you finally recognize the fact that you're lost. So it's important for us to realize that we have to accept and realize that we're off track. Otherwise, you'll keep going farther and farther away from the point that God wants you to be. That's true individually. In Dublin First Baptist Church, that's true corporately as a church. There are churches across our nation that are off track. They don't know it. They're so self-focused and they're so focused on what they want. They don't even realize anymore what God wants and realizing that they're completely, at a, it, it ends. If you're a leader in this church or any other church, you need to make sure that you're following God's direction. Because people will follow, and they are following. And, and you want to make sure that if they follow you, they're following Christ. They're following God's direction and not your direction. Because if they follow the direction of man, that will lead to chaos, confusion, and ultimately, church, to calamity. And, and there are enough churches in our area that are in that very spot, and it breaks my heart. Because we have the tools to help us. So we understand the truth is that we can all lose our heading. The second truth is that even though we um, may get lost, we don't have to stay lost because we have all the navigational gear that we need. Another site uh, about hiking and getting lost said this, quote, take your map and compass with you. That way, if ever you become disoriented, you can stop Refer to the map and try to reorient yourself to the terrain. Experienced hikers say that most people find their way after studying the map and the surrounding terrain for five minutes. You kind of get your bearings straight. Once you know where you are on the map and knowing where you want to go, you use your compass and your map so you can find your way. That's so easy. But would you as a hiker plot your course with your map, take your compass, look at it, and then leave that material behind and try to do it from memory? You could try. You would probably get lost. I would say you probably guarantee you would get lost. The same is true in our Christian walk. We have all the navigational gear that we need. Now, if you're on a hike, the most important thing on a map, as you look at a map, what's the, what's the most important key on a map? Hmm? North, south, east, and west, a directional key. So that you can orient that map with your compass and you'll know where north is. Okay? And the compass is an important tool to have. It's, it's an important part of the gear because it helps you point to that one common place. In our Christian walk, what would you say is our map, our, our guide, the thing that, that describes where we are and where we need to go? What would that be? God's Word. 
the Bible. In our Christian walk, the navigational gear that we have as the map is our Bible. The compass would be who? The Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, I will send you a comforter that will be your guide, that will, that will teach you all truth. You see, the Holy Spirit is our compass. Can you trust the Holy Spirit to always point to who? To God. If you have a, a phone with a, or any other electronic device that has a compass, take it out. If, if you have, if, if I have a, I didn't, I left my home, but I've got a compass. If you've got a phone that has a compass, take it out. And, and I want you to literally, with your finger, point to the direction that it's pointing. Point north. Does anybody have one? Well, you got it right. This morning, I had folks pointing all over the place. That's right. North is that way. Okay? That's our reference point. Okay, if I'm, if I'm going to take a hike and I've got a map and I want to plot a course from this point to that point, I know that that's north. And I can look at my compass and I can follow that direction. And I can carry that compass with me as I go. Now, our reference point is something that doesn't change. On a compass, you've got true north and magnetic north. I'm talking about true north. And in North Carolina, if you want to set your magnetic north to, to true north, you just have to do by 9.15 degrees and you'll find your true north. And you can get that as your heading, okay? Because depending on where you are in the world, your magnetic north changes, right? But the true north never does. You just got to know how far off you are from that to get that true north. So we, our true north is who? In our Christian walk, our true north, our reference point is who? God. Does he change? No. You can count on the fact that the Holy Spirit as your compass will lead you toward God because He is the reference point in relation to everything else you do in your life. Now what if you had a compass that sometimes it pointed north and sometimes it pointed to the south and sometimes it pointed to the east and sometimes it pointed to the west and you never knew when it was going to point to what direction. Would you be able to use that compass? What would you do with that compass? Throw it, throw it in the trash. Because the thing doesn't work. What if you had a compass that, that wasn't necessarily uh, directional or changed uh, by direction, but just changed by something else? Maybe something that you desired. I've got a clip from a movie to show you that um, most of you probably have seen, and you, as soon as you see it, you'll recognize it. But it tells us about a different kind of compass. Let's see that clip. Yes. My compass is unique. Unique here having the meaning of broken. True enough, this compass does not point north. Where does it point? It points to the thing you want most in this world. in this world is to find the chest of David Jarvis, is it not? To save Will? By finding the chest of David Jarvis. And right after that, Jack looks up over the compass 
And he says, Gibbs, we have our heading. Now, Jack's compass pointed not to north, but to what? To the thing in life that you want most in this world. And the reason Jack had a hard time finding that in his life, because it changed. Every time he looked at that compass, as you remember, it was pointing some other direction. So he gave it to Elizabeth, because what she wanted most was Will and Jack knew that Will was on the Flying Dutchman. He had the compass that pointed to what he wanted most in this world. And I believe, Christian, that a lot of our people in our churches have that kind of compass. It doesn't point north anymore. But we still use it because we're looking at what we want most in this world. Because that's what matters more to us than pointing to the true north. What we want, not what God wants. But as we go through our Christian walk, we need to understand that we have been given all the navigational gear that we need. Map, God's Word. Compass, that always points to the same reference point. That's the Holy Spirit. And God is that true north that we need to set our sights to. That is reliable. That is the direction we need to go. The compass always points north. Like you said, if it didn't point north, you would throw it away because you would say it's broken and you could not use it. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This just reconfirms and reiterates and confirms the, the fact that Christ and that God is our true north. It says, trust in the Lord, verse 5, with all your heart. Trust in the who? Trust in my compass and where I want to go? Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. With your whole being. Let everything that is in you point toward Him. He is your reference point. He is the one that guides you. Recognize and know that He is the one that lights your way and and puts a lamp to your path so that you can see the right direction. Put your faith and trust in the Lord with all your heart. But so many times we find that we're kind of like Jack's compass. The second part of that verse says, And do not lean on who? Your own understanding. I promise you, if you try to live out your life on your Christian walk in the way that you think is right, even if it's just a little bit close to the Lord, you're going to end up going off course. Do not lean on your own understanding, but put your trust and your faith in the true north. He will lead you and guide your path. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Leads the sheep. Psalm 23. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for my sake so that I'll be good so the people say, well, look at David. No. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake because the way I live my life reflects on how I see God and whether or not I really trust Him as my true north. And if I live for Him and if I put my life into His hands, looking at Him as the true north, then I will bring Him glory for 
His sake does He lead me in paths of righteousness. Does He lead you in paths of righteousness? Proverbs 3, 5b. Again, not in our own way. The last part. Verse 6. Let's look. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge Him. What does it mean to acknowledge God? And that, what it means is, is to recognize that He is the true north. And there is no other. God is the true north, not me. Tell your neighbor that. God is the true north, not me. God is the true north, not me. Now, tell them, God is the true north, not you. Now, here's an observation. You guys had a lot more energy that second time. Because I'm not so, conv so convinced that you don't really believe that you may be the true north. Because you are much more quicker and louder and more enthusiastic in telling your neighbor that they were not the true north. The, the fact is, that position is not up for replacement. It is God and it forever will be God. And it is not me and it is not you. Well, we need to put our trust in Him and not lean on our things. In all of our ways, in all of our, again, completely in everything that we are and everything that we do, we acknowledge Him as our true north. And when we do that, what is the promise that He gives us in the last part of verse 6? And He will make straight your paths. Does that mean, church, that the paths will be easy? When I'm going somewhere that I don't know in my vehicle, I'll, I'll plug in in our navigation system in the van, which is outdated, and they want $500 to update it. Um, I, I plug in an address. And, and sometimes, even when you do this in your phone, it'll give you two or three options. It'll tell you how long the route takes and how long this other route will take and how many more minutes slower this route is. D does it take the easiest route? Sometimes, the, the, the most traveled, the, the best road system, the least amount of construction. So it, it wants to try to, to get you around those things that are difficult and hard. But that's not what God's Word's like. God says, you're here. I want you here. It's a straight path. You may have some hills and valleys to climb. You may have some rivers to swim through. You may have some rocks and some hardships to struggle and obstacles in your way. But that's where I want you to go. And I'm going to make that path straight. Not easy, not comfortable, not the quickest travel, but the right way. We have got to trust God that He is the right way, that our heading is right when we have Him in our, in our eyes as our focus, and He will make our paths straight. He will make our paths sure with resolve and certain. In your life, are you in a place where you need some certainty? You need some, something that's sure? The only thing is to turn your direction toward God. We have all the navigational gear we need in our Christian life. The Bible is our map. Holy Spirit is our compass. And God is true north. Our third truth is once we have our correct heading, it is critical that we stay on that exact course. It is critical that we stay on that exact course. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. When I delight in the ways of the Lord, God will direct each one of my steps. 
because he knows where he wants me to go. Isaiah 30, 21. Says, basically, as, as I'm on my route, as I'm on my Christian walk, as I'm on this journey, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. How many remember that from a Vacation Bible School motto a few years ago, if you did that in Vacation Bible School through Lifeway? This is the way, walk in it. And the voice behind you will tell you that if you turn to the right or to the left. That tells me that God's guiding us to go in that right direction. We can easily turn the wrong way and He is right there with us to say, no, this is the way. Walk in it. We've got to be exact in our walk. Does it matter as you travel? As you head, as you have your heading and your heading is pointing uh, to the direction that God wants you to go, is it, is it important or does it matter if you may be off just one degree, well, God will surely understand. I'm trying. Does it matter if you're off just one degree? It may not matter so much in one mile. Because if you've plotted a course and you've got your heading and you're off one degree, in that one mile, you will be off 92.2 feet from the point of where you wanted to be. That may not make that much difference because you could still see the area that you wanted to go. And you say, well, that's not so far away. I'm pretty close. Well, I kind of plotted some things out. From here to the church I, I preached this morning at the Lake Church. Um, if I plotted from here to that place where we met for worship, I would be 1,288 feet off. Just in one degree from my true heading. 1,200 feet off. If I plotted from my home at White Lake to my mom's house in Midland, North Carolina, I would miss that by 2.5 miles. And, and she lives in some hills and some valleys and gullies, we call them, not really too many hills, just some, some, some little wave land. I wouldn't be able to see the house. It would be two and a half miles away, I couldn't even see it. And if I didn't know the area, I would miss it because I would just absolutely be so far away that I couldn't even see how to get to that place. Now, this summer, the Southern Baptist Convention is in Dallas, Texas. So I plotted from my home at White Lake to the convention center in Dallas, Texas. If I was off just one degree, just one degree from an exact heading, I would miss that by 18.5 miles. Now, even as large as the city of Dallas is, I wouldn't even be in the city. That's how far off I would be, just by one degree. And if I was going to Kamichi, Moldova in Transnistria, and I plotted from my home at White Lake, a direct route to Transnistria, where they're serving the Lord, and, and the, those borders are now open, but they soon, because of the Russian influence, may soon close, and it's a great opportunity for us to be a part of that. But if I plot, plotted that route, and I took off, and I was just off one degree, I would miss that city by 90 miles. I would end up in Ukraine. Not quite in the Black Sea, but closer. So it, it, it may not matter when you're just a short distance, but the farther you go and the longer you travel on that one degree off, the farther away you get from your what? Point of reference. The place that you want to be. You want to race. And that's just one degree. But David, you know, I'm trying. It, it, it isn't, isn't close enough. Close is not enough. 
when we're talking about walking where God wants us to walk and in a way that God wants us to walk, close is not enough. And tell that to your neighbor. Close is not enough. It's not enough. But we have gotten so, so relaxed in our bearings and so trivial in our heading that, well, I'm close. God knows my heart. God says, no. When you get off to the right or the left, you need to hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. We need to make sure, as we use our navigational gear, that we, it is critical that we keep the exact heading that he's given us. I was talking with Reverend Hester, Charles Hester, um, this week, and we were talking about compasses and maps and things. And he, he told me a story when he was in the military training. He said, they, uh, they gave us a compass and a map and a flashlight. And, and those in his unit were carried out to different parts in the country and dropped off in different places. And they were given instructions through the night to use their compass and their map and their flashlight to get to a very specific certain post. And the next morning, those that, would, at, that were at that post would be picked up by their ride and carried back to the base. And those that did not come to that very specific post would be left behind. Well, he said he navigated through the night with his map and his compass and his flashlight and he found the post. And he said the next morning there were some other guys at the post where he was. And he said from the location that he was at with his post, he could look to his left and see a post. And there were some guys at that post down in the distance. And he looked over to his right and he saw another post and he saw some guys at that post. Well, when the truck came to pick up the guys at the right post, he was at the right post. And he said, even though the driver of the truck could see the other men at the other post, he left them behind. And they had to get their own way back to the base. Close is not enough. Why is it so important for us to realize that close is not enough? Why do we have to stay on the exact path that God's given us? Why is that so important? Because your life depends on it. And not just your life. But those that are watching you and are following you, their lives depend on you going in the right direction. Keeping that exact focus. And also those that are, do not yet know Christ, those who are living outside of the kingdom of God, they depend on it. Because the lost are watching us seeing how we live and how we act and what direction we go in. And by watching us, they'll either say, man, they really are a person that loves the Lord because I see it in their life. Or they'll say, man, I don't want any more of that chaos and confusion. Why would I go there? Matthew chapter 5. Take your Bibles and turn there. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. This, this is why it is so important for us to keep our exact heading Matthew 7, this is the Beatitudes. Jesus is teaching what it means to, to, to live out a Christian life, what it means to live out the love of God. We say in our heart, but let it see through in our life. Verse 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. This is why it's so critical that we stay on the exact course. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is what? Wide. And the way is what? Easy. Long that leads to destruction. 
and those who enter by it are many. There are many, there are many people in this world today. There are people right in Dublin that are on that wide path. And it's easy. And we look at them and say, why is their life so easy? You know, they don't know the Lord. They don't walk with them. Why is their, why is their life so easy? My life is so hard. And there are many. Those on the wide path are looking at those of us on the narrow path. And look what it says about the narrow path. It says, for, for the gate that is narrow and the way is easy. The way is difficult. The way is hard. That leads to what? Life. And those who find it are few. It is so critical, church, that, that we as a church keep our sight focused on the true north and head in that direction and not go to the right or to the left of that because those that are watching us that are outside of the church of Christ need to see Christ in us and maybe come to know Him as Lord and Savior. It is critical that we stay on that right exact path because we are called to be light. We are called to shine like stars in the midst of such a twisted and perverse generation. We are the hope of those that are on that wide path. And when they look at us, do they see unity and love and service and ministry? Or do they see confusion and struggles and hardships and anger and fighting and division? I'm only responsible for myself. But if I use my navigational gear, Bible, Holy Spirit, and keep my focus on God, follow the Holy Spirit, and if you, responsible for just yourself, use the navigational gear God's given you, and you do the same, and you do the same, and, and five over here and ten over here, if we all use the Bible... The Holy Spirit and our true north is God. Are we all going to go in the same direction? Will there be confusion within that group of people? No. There'll be fellowship. There'll be commitment together. There'll be correction together. And, and we'll all keep on that direction that is the correct, exact direction that God wants us to go to His glory. And I promise you, I've seen it happen. The more the church of Jesus Christ come together recognizing that He is at true north and we're all heading that direction, you will see growth. I don't mean numerical. I mean spiritual. You'll see growth in fellowship and growth in love and growth in unity, which translates into growth in number for the glory of the kingdom of God. That's what happens. So I'm only responsible for myself. I can't be responsible for you. You've got to decide. Am I going to, am I going to be like Jack with the compass and I want it to go wherever I want? Or am I going to follow Christ? And if we do that together, we're on the same page. Let me ask you, if, if we do those things and we're following that right compass and the right map and we look to God as our God, are we going to all have the same purpose? Or are we going to have different purposes and goals? Will they be the same? They'll all be the same. 
our purpose as the family of God is to make disciples for His glory. That's what, that's what the Scripture says. It's not what I want. It's not what my desire is. It's what God says we are to do. And, and if we live in that direction and go in that direction, they were all fellowshipping together, working together, encouraging one another, and we're all heading in the same direction. As a director of missions, what I see in churches around our state and around our nation, churches are made up with people that are heading their own way. Churches within associations are heading their own way. And it's confusing. And it's hard. And what I'm also coming to understand is when you try to come and bring that kind of teaching and that truth about let's get to the right place, they don't want to hear it. Because they don't recognize the fact and realize the fact that they're so lost they don't even know it. And they have no idea what it means to get back because they have completely lost sight of who they look to as their true north. So I want you to listen carefully and, and take the challenge. Use the navigational gear that God has given you. Be responsible with those tools. Put them to use. If you have to, carry the map with you as you go and the Holy Spirit's always with you. Because I know in my life, as I go through the day, sometimes I get off track, right? I get disoriented. And as a minister of the gospel, let me just say this. It's, 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 an even, it's even easier to become disoriented. And let me tell you why. I know as a minister of the gospel, this is what God says, David, this is what I want you to do. This is, this is where I want you to be. And my desire is, is to lead him there, and as I, as I follow him there, I lead others to go along to that direction with me. Here's the bind that pastors find. They often minister to those in their churches that don't have the same purpose or goal or direction. So they, they, they get disoriented. Who am, I, who am I to follow? Who am I to, who am I to see as my true north? Is it, is it God who I know I'm called to do? Or is it a group of leaders, um, givers, power struggles within the church? It's tough. So I know, I know it's easy to be disoriented. So what I do when I find myself in that place, I come back to my map and my compass and say, show me the way. Because there's only one right way for me and for the church. And, and my heart's desire is for the church of Jesus Christ to head in the right direction for the glory of God. In a few moments, we're going to sing, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. I challenge you today, before you stand up to sing that song, I want you to take just a moment and ponder the question, Am I lost? Am I disoriented? Have I lost my heading? Because if you don't recognize that, You'll never know that you need to get back on track. So, so take a moment and, and ponder that possibility.
Am I disoriented? Am I lost? Have I lost my heading? And then a moment we'll stand and sing. But that song, Wherever He Leads I'll Go, is a song of commitment. It's a song that, that we know so well, you probably won't even need your hymn book, and you may not even need to see the words on the screen. But do you live it out? If you're not willing to sing that song as a commitment to God today, right now, then don't sing it. Because God knows if you really see Him as the true north, if you're using the navigational gear that He's given you to guide you, He'll know. You can't fake Him out. You may sound good, you may look good while you're singing, but He'll know your heart. If you're in a place in your life right now that you know right here, right now, that you need to get back on track, that you need to get your heading right, I'm going to open this altar up for you to come and pray. And, and it's a matter of being serious and being real and being true and having that desire to be where God wants you to be. Dublin First Baptist Church, I want you to know my prayer for you as well as for the other churches in this association is that we understand completely what our true north is, who it is, and that we together as a church and as an association walk in that direction where there's unity and fellowship and service and ministry and missions to the glory of God. Let's pray. And then we'll...